clock has not started, and it's not going to matter. The Bulldogs sprint on to Kyle Field. State comes on the road and defeats Texas A&M here at Kyle Field. Kyle State, dogs win again. Let's go. At least we can do our yells at midnight. We don't have to do them early at 10 o'clock and only once a year. So there you go. I never went to our cowbell yell or whatever we call it, but we also only do it the once a year because our students are smart enough to remember them throughout the year. We don't have to practice every week. So that's kind of our big thing. Uh, turn, kind of start <laughs> recording. T- turn the button on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's uh, no introduction this week. It's just that'd be a good lead in. It's a cold start, like off of unnecessary roughness or something. Just hit record. What's up, Bulldog fans? Welcome back to the Talking Dog Podcast. Uh, it's here, Maddie Light here with your boy uh, Dogs today, and uh, we're looking forward to the Texas A&M weekend coming into Starkville. Uh, we got two special guests on the podcast this week. Um, you know. If you've been listening the past couple of weeks, uh, we've been hinting that uh, a special guest may be coming on, uh, meaning my truly beloved girlfriend, Hannah, who went to uh, A&M uh, oh so many years ago. So she is on the podcast with us, and uh, we also have uh, Wyatt uh, on here with us. So uh, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I just landed a big-time defensive line commit. And- Got to rub it in a bunch of Sooners' faces. So, well, how are y'all doing? doing? I'm happy the, uh, to finally be on the podcast and be able to uh, say my two cents. I've been oh, talking man. about your your own late old lady for so long now. <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll have your time. All right, well. so uh, I guess we'll we'll uh, get right in. Um, so, I my my first question. Uh, I guess to you, Wyatt, just because I, uh, I'm not familiar with the way you think and, uh, you know, what you've been doing. So, like, as a, you know, A&M as a whole this year, um, of course, probably not the offense you've been, you you were looking forward to this year. We thought maybe, maybe up or up a little bit better, uh, but, you know, maybe not last in the SEC. So what are your yeah, thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on that? And. Like, do you see any bright sides and anything improving throughout the year from here on out? Yeah, uh, obviously. Um, I was a big Haynes King fan. Um, That's tough. I, I liked, yes. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I saw some flashes that he made last year uh, before he uh, left the Colorado game with a season-ending injury. And, um, but man, he was just so stiff in the pocket. He just played scared and so obviously had to make a move there at the quarterback position um I, I like what I've seen out of Max Johnson so far uh he, he seems like he can be a pretty good bus driver won't win you games but he sure as hell won't lose you games I like that I like that phrase yeah yeah he hasn't um he, he's thrown zero interceptions and lost zero fumbles which is not something I think would happen with Haynes King under center um, that's true. I mean, what yeah. did King? I think King had uh, three touchdowns and two interceptions in the first two games that he played, right? And then uh, yeah, Max like has had two touchdowns in two games with uh, no interceptions. So you know, at least you're winning the turnover battle there. Mm-hmm. And uh, a big thing that we thought we were going to get out of King was added mobility, which 
again, he was very stiff in the pocket, and he's super fast, but his lateral movement was just not great. And a, a lot of that could have been due to the injury he suffered last year to his ankle, but whatever the case, it, you know, wasn't working. Uh, I don't like... Uh, I, I like that our offensive line has seemed to improve every week. Um, and our wide receivers are looking good. Obviously, we lost Anaya Smith last week at Arkansas. And that that will be a huge blow to our offense. He was leading our team in receiving yards. Um but I, I do think we will continue to see improvement week to week in pretty much every facet of the offense. Offensive line play, uh, the running game will continue to improve. You saw flashes of it last game, obviously, with the big run that A-Chain pulled off in, I think it was the second quarter. But um, not where we need to be by any stretch of the imagination, but um, definitely trending upward I think that's a fair assessment Anna <clears throat> okay I yeah, see y'all I mean, in the mute game that's very very nice go ahead um you know I I'm not gonna uh sit here and uh pretend like I am a football expert by any means like I can only speak on what I see and what I know um but I think you know the change to Max Johnson was obviously the right call. Um, I think he's finding his footing a little bit better um, playing with this team. The thing for me that I'd like to see improve is just the penalties I think are ridiculous. Um, we're just hurting ourselves so much in these games. Um, half of them in the Arkansas game were against Muhammad, I think, alone. Um, so just making sure that we're not killing ourselves in these games. Um, we're playing pretty ugly here. Um, and then the other thing for me um, is starting off with some urgency and not letting us have a 14-point deficit. Um, you know, so many of our first drives in the Arkansas game were 3-0, and 3-and-out. So I'd like to see that change um, as we move forward, too. Where is this um, – okay, well, first of all, obviously Max has been better in Haynes. Um, I think it was about a, a game late. I, I'm surprised that Jimbo rode Haynes King through the entire App State game because it was abysmal, and I think Max probably would have came in and at least gave them a shot to go to overtime. But that being said, that's hindsight. Uh, where and what's going on with this freshman five-star QB that everybody keeps talking about that has not just touched the field at all? Well, um, and a big a big reason why uh, uh, Jimbo rode with Haynes so long, and the re uh, is is very similar to to why you haven't seen Connor Wigman touch the field. Um, he he trusts guys who have been in his system longer, um, to a fault, as you saw in the Appalachian State game, um, and I, I think it's just he wants to give him a year of development. He thinks Max Johnson gives us a really good chance to win, and I would agree with that. And maybe if you if you can redshirt him, that'd be that'd be great. 
although I don't see him being a fifth-year senior because if no, that's the case. I don't either. Yeah, uh, uh, and you can still play what, uh, four games in redshirt right. now. And that's, yeah. yeah, that's what. Um, I know Jimbo has also come out and said that, um, like, with Haynes King specifically, he said, like, this is his game and he's going to play it all the way through. Um, I think he's spoken about not changing quarterbacks halfway through games, like letting them, you know, see it to the end basically is maybe just his style. Well, I, I do know that in his postgame presser against App State, he said that they they were thinking about giving Max a look, but they didn't have the ball, um, which, yeah, you know, only had like three or four drives in the second half. Which was right. sickening, but um, that's you know hindsight. I mean, yeah, if that if that's one thing App State did well in that game was they took care of the ball and they had a bunch of really long drives. Even if they didn't end in points, they kept the ball away from A and M. If you're going into a hostile environment like that against a much 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 more talented team, I mean that's that's what you got to do to win. You know? Oh um, yeah, they they played that game. <laughs> About as well as they could have, and yeah. they came away and, with the victory because of it. And so I was scouring through some stats today, just kind of getting ready, maybe just trying to find some questions for you guys. And uh, either one of y'all can answer this if you feel like you uh, know the answer, and maybe you don't, and of course that's fine. Uh, but I saw that y'all have not gone for any fourth down conversions this entire season, and I know it's only been four games. It's it's early, and I understand that. But, you know, most teams have at least gone for one or two at this point. And, you know, against Sam Houston State, why would you? You're blowing them out. Uh, App State, especially since y'all aren't getting the ball back, you know, uh, maybe that would have been a good opportunity to maybe go for a fourth down here or there. Miami and Arkansas were, you know, closer games uh, against two decent opponents. So I, my, I guess my question stems from – why have we not seen Jimbo pull the trigger on any fourth down plays so far? Is it a is it a question of not trusting the quarterback to go out there and convert, or what do you what do you guys think? Maybe that the reasoning behind that is right. I I don't have the numbers in front of me, um, but let's see. In the the last drive, we had the ball in the fourth quarter against App State. We it was it was like a fourth and eight, and obviously, uh, you, and and at the time we thought our kicker, Caden Davis had a monster leg, and then he just absolutely chunked it. Um, but but at that we were down by three. Um, offense hasn't really been moving the ball well, so. Go yeah. ahead and run your kicker out there. I guess and in then, that scenario, absolutely. I mean, a three-point game, you got to kick the ball, but yeah. yeah. And then Miami, we were leading late in the game, and um, uh, uh, there, yeah, there was there was one there was one point. I think it was in the third quarter where it was fourth and short, and um, I I really wanted to see us, you know punch it forward for a couple yards, get the first, and keep the game moving. But we were up by two scores at that point, I think, and we have perhaps the best punter in the SEC, and he pinned him at the one. Um, so it, it turned out okay. And then in the Arkansas game, I don't recall us being in very many fourth and short situations. I think there was one early in the 
first half where it was fourth and short on our own side of the field, and we were down by two touchdowns. So, yeah. And there, there but, really hasn't been, you know, it's early in the season. There probably hasn't been a whole lot of opportunities. But I, I don't know. I just saw that number, and it kind of stuck out to me. And I, I just was wondering if y'all, you know, thought, had thought yeah, about I would, that or not. I, I, I do believe there that there's likely been options, opportunities for us to go for it on fourth. Um, and I would probably like to see some more of that. But um, obviously, yeah. It's small probably doesn't have any trust yet. Yeah. I guess that was that was probably what I was thinking, but yeah. Well, you got any questions, uh, co-host? There. Oh, dude. Um, where do I start? Uh, I'm not gonna get into the nitty-gritty. Um, no. Okay. Cut me some slack. All right. Uh, I, will I will talk. cut you absolutely no slack. You have not cut me or A and M slack this entire football season. There's no slack to be caught. Hey, I I, cut, I gave y'all credit this past weekend. You gotta. You absolutely did not. Over Arkansas? Listen, yeah, I did. That was a great I win. Podcasts. I listen. I know what you're saying on there. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I mean, anyway, I'm going to stick to football until you just get the worst out of me. Here. All right. So we're talking about Anaya Smith for a second. He was fifth in the conference um, in receiving yards. Obviously, he's out for the year. Uh, he broke his freaking ankle, and he wanted to get a second opinion, which is hilarious. But anyway, um, your next leading receiver is tied for 32nd in the conference. How big of a difference is that going to make in the offense just for the rest of the season? Like, do you um, have guys that can that can fill that hole or no? That's what she said. I, I think we <laughs> – I think we have uh, – sorry. <laughs> I think we have a lot of talent at the wide receiver position. Most of it is young is the, is the main issue. Uh, Evan Stewart, he caught his first touchdown pass last week um and he he was out for the miami game because he was suspended mm -hmm. uh so so that's that's a big reason why he doesn't have more yards than he does um chris marshall who was also out for the miami game he's he's been a guy that we've been looking to step up um so uh i i do believe there will be a drop off at least initially in wide receiver production yeah, but I I I could and very well hope that that will markedly increase in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I would go on a limb and say that A and M's plan this weekend is going to be to run the rock. So I think everybody and their brother knows that that's at least on paper seemingly what they would do. So I would imagine State is going to know that as well, and they're going to load the box, and they're going to make, you know, they're going to make Max Johnson win this game, uh, more or less. So that being the case, what are some things that you see Jimbo doing um, as far as play calling goes, as far as scheme goes, uh, or maybe even some things that, let's say you were head coach, you would do um, to take some some pressure off of Max and just, uh, you know, spread the ball around and just not end up, you know, running a chain up the middle into, you know, seven or eight guys for a two yard game. Right. Well, I would do a little bit, a little bit, not as much as we did last game, but a little bit of what we did against Arkansas, you know, take a couple deep shots a quarter, make them respect it. Um, Max nearly hit on two of them. On one of them, it was just the receiver stopped running, took a really bad route to the ball. Um, 
and that's some of the youth of the wide receiver core showing out. But um, I think, uh, yeah, make those safeties have to respect the deep ball. Um, get uh, get a few screens set up. Get the ball out quick. Um, I think a little slip screen to divine A-chain. He can break off a little 20, 30-yard run based off that. Um, but yeah, it's it's take what you're given, and if they're leap, loading the box, you gotta gotta get the ball out quick. And I think that's what Max Johnson is really good at. Um, I he can he can read through his progressions, but he's really good at getting it, finding his number one target, and hitting him. Throws an accurate ball, does what you want him to do. And um, so, yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping. I think because um, he does take a lot of sacks that he shouldn't. Right there, there will probably be some uh, some plays where or drives where it's killed because he takes a bad sack where he shouldn't have. Do you see but, him getting yeah. getting involved in the run game at all? Because I feel like running a little read option with him would be a great install. Yes, and uh, unfortunately, this was the play where Anias got rolled up on, but uh, he uh, he ran a little speed option to the to the uh, weak side and broke off a, a really five six yard gain. So um, yes, I think he will definitely be involved in the run game. Gotcha, Hannah. Uh, I know you're kind of John Madden over there. Um... Let's say you're Jimbo Fisher for five minutes. Tell me what your uh, your play sheet's looking like. Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. These weren't the yeah. questions I was supposed to answer here, huh? <laughs> okay, um, um, I can shuffle wait, the, here, the deck. Right, okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Here's what I'll say. Um, it's not going to be anything groundbreaking. Here, here are my lukewarm takes. Uh, we're obviously going to have to use Evan Stewart more than it, now that Anaya Smith is out. Um, but one thing in my personal... <laughs> opinion is that maybe we should use green more our tight end um that could be another option to get the ball going that's my two cents on it that's all i have to add just out of curiosity what questions do you think you were going to be asked here like what color the uniform should be the university no she's (laughs) based on uh based on all of your previous podcasts and our twitter interactions it's all all of your talk about a&m has been about yell leaders and midnight yells. And well, that's towards the end of the podcast we'll, we'll, we'll after we get there. the football out. Yeah, we're getting there. Don't yeah. worry. This even the, even when your podcast is not directed at A&M, you're still talking about non-football A&M related things. So. Well, well every time I get on Twitter, y'all are embarrassing yourselves Twitter. again. It's hard to not talk about it, you know? Do you want us to talk about that? Because it seems like you do. <laughs> I'm just prepared for it. Okay. I've just mentally braced myself for, right. for what's to come. Let me – okay, I'm at – I got another football question that I'm I'm, tr- I'm trying so hard to not take the bait here. <laughs> um, Wyatt and, and Hannah as well. Uh, A-chain over under 25 carries this game. Man, I personally, I hope he does not carry the ball more than maybe about 20 times this game. Um, because obviously he is a fantastic speed back. 
but I, I'm hoping to get a little more LJ Johnson, Ernest Crownover involved yeah. in the run game. Um, because, like you said, there's going to be a lot of loading the box. And so, especially when we get into those third and short situations, I'd like to see us hand the ball to a little power back and um, do something with that. Uh, one of the plays they got called back on for illegal shift, we were in an I formation, ran a little play action to the to the strong side with Ernest Crownover and LJ Johnson in the as the as the backs. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I'd like to see some more of that. But yeah. um so, so I think the under Okay, I got you. Um so you're basically you're saying if it's over twenty five you feel like you're probably in trouble. Well maybe not but um or that or he's being abused yeah that's 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 more of what i'm thinking i got you we can't Um, be relying on him for every single play no and another thing about us loading the box is it's not going to look like a traditional loaded box because we run a three three five um so we're not going to be doing it uh you know with extra defensive linemen or you know uh like a three four linebacker coming down or anything like that like it's going to be it's going to be from a bunch of different directions, and it's going to be pretty chaotic. Which Zach Arnett's defense is like that anyway. But yeah. uh, are you are you taking the under on that as well, Hannah? I am. Okay, Matt. Yeah. So I mean, looking at just I I've only really watched I did, I didn't get to watch y'all against Sam Houston, uh, but I did watch the App State game. I watched most of the Miami game, and I watched all of the Arkansas game. And it looked like y'all did not have any really – you have to run the ball to get any sort of air game going. Because, like, I mean, of course, y'all threw for 364 yards against Sam Houston, but I'm not even going to count that as whatever. But against App State, King threw for 97, and uh, Johnson went 140 against Miami and 151 against Arkansas. Arkansas being one of the worst pass defenses in the nation. Um, but it really didn't open up very much passing until A-Chain started actually pulling off a couple of those runs. So I, I just kind of wanted to you know, reiterate what we were just talking about is I feel like our key to success in stopping y'all in the offense is containing that run early and not giving him a bunch of big chunk plays early, and I feel like if we can do that, then we make Max Johnson have to pass the ball, and I think that's how we win. Uh, that, that, that's my recipe for a dub here from a defensive crazy, standpoint uh crazy that here as far as a chain goes his worst game is actually versus sam houston he had 18 carries for 42 yards which is a 2.3 yard per carry average wow which is my point. but like he had eight he had 8.4 yards per carry last week so that yeah. that might be telling of how terrible arkansas's freaking defense is um but yeah that's a little Little fun stat there. All right, um, Hannah, are you ready? Well, I'm so ready. Hold, hold up. Bring it on. Hold up. I, I I got one more football question before we go off the rails here. All right. So looking at y'all's schedule from here on out, um, and I'm just saying this is worst case scenario for you guys, I guess. So say you lose to us on uh, uh, Saturday, then you Saturday. play Alabama at Alabama. That's an L. It's it's not going to be it's not going to be anything else. You're you're going to beat South Carolina, 
Old Miss, I got you down for an L right now against them. I don't know. Maybe you pull that one off. Florida's that at home. Uh, yeah, that's at home. Yes. Right? Yes, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Florida, to me, I think y'all can beat Florida. Auburn is a dumpster fire, UMass. I think LSU is going to be a good game just because LSU is improving this year. They're still not very good. We should have beat them. We're a better team than them. But they are improving, and LSU, for some reason, always plays y'all really well. Um, it's in College Station. And it, it is in College Station, so I hope it goes to like 18 overtimes again. But my question is, is say really looking at the rest of y'all's schedule, worst case scenario for you guys probably is 8-4. and four. And I was wondering, say that happens. Say it's worst case scenario. Y'all in the season eight and four. You get a decent bowl game. It doesn't really matter whether you win the bowl game or not at that point. I mean, after the off season that y'all had with all the recruits, number one recruiting class of all time, you spent more money than God Himself has ever uh, seen. <laughs> um, and I was wondering, like, what does that say? At the end of this season, like how disappointed are y'all, or if at any, or is that a good see? Is that a good, you know, is that is that acceptable? I guess for y'all's fan base at that point. Um, and how do you feel about about Jimbo? Yeah, I guess if, right. saying that it pans out that way. Obviously, you have to look at how the games went. Um, if our offense doesn't get off the canvas at all, and we sleepwalk to an eight and four season. Then you, and and Jimbo doesn't hire an, uh, another offensive coordinator in the off season. Then you then you start to have some questions uh, about him. But um, that number one overall recruiting class are all true freshmen or redshirt or rule redshirt. Um, so uh, I, I think this isn't the year to make that seat super hot. Right. If worse comes to worse. Um, well, it's all guaranteed money. It's too expensive to be. Yeah, I, right. You can't really buy yeah. him out this year, anyway. Um, yeah. And and to be honest, with that recruiting Damn. class, in my mind, you gotta at least give him a year or two to see how it goes. But you know, yeah. I would. You, you also have to retain that class, like with the portal now and and immediate eligibility. Like that's going to be a challenge. Yeah, and I mean, we're going to see some attrition. Um, right. Uh, obviously, you hope that attrition is because the guys that didn't pan out are the ones who are transferring and it's not the guys who went off a train wreck. Yeah. That or the guys that are just like cancers. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, there, there's probably going to be losing out. Oh man. I really wish that guy would have stuck around, but you know, it happens. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, yeah, uh, I, I don't think this is the year to panic. Um, obviously would not be happy by any stretch of the imagination with an eight and four season, but you know, it's yeah. not a fireable offense yet. Yeah. Gotcha. Hannah, anything to I'm, add? Yeah. I've been a A&M fan for going to date myself here, but close to a decade. Um, so I have been through it with, uh, getting your hopes up for things that do not pan out with this football team. Um, so for me at this point, um, I think I view A&M football as you're hoping for the best, but you're expecting the worst. Um, I will say, however, that I am a much bigger fan of Jimbo than I am of Kevin Sumlin, just because I feel like his 
fire and his passion for the team is way stronger than Kevin Sumlin's ever was. Um, he would just be on the sidelines and let the reps call whatever they wanted and, you know, didn't fight for this team. Um, didn't seem like he really had the passion after Johnny left. Um, and I think Jimbo Fisher still has that. And so that's just my, my personal opinion, I guess, about him as a coach um, and his, I think, want for this team to do really well and succeed. Um, I do agree. I think our team is, is young. Uh, and unfortunately, that's going to take some time to, you know, mesh together and figure everybody out um, and work well together. So I, I agree. I don't know that I'm expecting this year to be our year by any means, but man, I've been saying that for several years now of, oh, next year, next year, next year. So we'll see. We'll see what next year really has uh, in store. Well, yeah, you don't want to turn into, you know, Tennessee. And yeah. They went through the last 25 well, years. God. But, but, um, I mean, they, and they may finally be there, but it did take yeah. almost a quarter of a century. Me personally. One thing that, oh, sorry. Go uh, ahead. One thing, one thing I, I want to add about that is, you know, if we do choose to move on from Jimbo Fisher, who, who else out there can recruit at the level he's recruited? Lane Kiffin, baby. <laughs> I think I might shoot myself in the head. Today. He would, he would crush it there. You may not like the guy, but he would crush it there. And I would absolutely, I, I, I'd probably, honestly, be super stoked to have Kiffin. Let, and let's be honest, like with the money and NIL and the money that AM has, you don't have to be like Kirby Smart or Nick Saban to recruit there. Like Lane would get top. 10 classes minimum probably top five classes every single year there and is Jimbo you know still like a good coach yes but I think his offense is like outdated and getting stale similar right. to how similar to how I mean it's not the same offense but similar to how Les Miles was uh toward yeah. the end of his LSU tenure like that's what it feels like with Jimbo you um, just can't quite just adapt you know he's as just, a, yeah he's uh -huh. just not he's not just not adapting to the times i mean the game's getting faster um you know the qbs are getting different and uh he's standing over there with the cheesecake factory menu in his <laughs> exactly yeah you got to adapt to survive um so his that might spreadsheets yeah uh, and then <laughs> yeah, you got well, mike leach over here with like an index card it's yeah like i was about to say five, mike but. leach has his thing and you know it works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't but he's not real good at adapting either but you know his flash card of four plays that he runs you know but i mean dude but even mike leach is running the ball now so if that can happen anything can happen well that's true <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but with that being said and before we get off of football i want to i just gonna point this out and this i think this is something that nobody's really talking about this is AM's first road game this year. Yeah, that is true. And mm -hmm. you're and, and, and I don't know why why have you been to Starkville before for a game? I have not, unfortunately. It's it seems like it'd be quite the trip. Oh um it it's a good time. I'm sure as an opposing fan, the bells are absolutely awful, but uh it is something that everybody needs to experience once just to hear it, even even if you hate it. We all have uh, things that make us unique, yes. Yeah, yeah. So and, uh, uh, I, I actually talked Hannah into coming over this weekend, so she's gonna get to see Davis Wade for the first time. So right. it'll be yeah. it'll be fun, and uh, we're yeah. we're gonna make the trip over to College Station uh, next year um, cool. because cool. I, I've heard every I've never been to College Station. I've been to a bunch of the other SEC schools for games and stuff. Never made it to College Station, but I've heard it's a lot like if you had to compare two cities in 
in the SEC, College Station and Starkville are similar in the sense, of course, College Station is bigger, but it's similar in the sense that it's built around the school and without the school, it's not much, you know, it's everything about the city is ingrained into what the school is, you know, and I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Definitely a college town. There's not a lot Absolutely. of college yeah. towns anymore. No. I Anna, mean, how 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 would you compare Lubbock to College Station? Like I know Lubbock's way out there, but like as far as like the town goes. Uh well honestly I've only ever been to Lubbock once. Um because when I went to tech I was on their Abilene campus, not their Lubbock campus. That's right. That's right. Um but Lubbock is a lot smaller than College Station. Um their campus is smaller, their stadium is smaller. Um, there is more of a city in Lubbock. Uh, college Station is much more of a college town than Lubbock mm-hmm. is for sure. You okay. you definitely have a party scene there, but I also know like a lot of families and normal people that live and work in Lubbock. I think more so than College Station that just revolves completely around A and M. Gotcha, Wyatt. Where are you from? Hello. Oh, sorry. I had to... <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Yeah, I had to run to the restroom. Uh, are are you from College Station or like around the area? No, I'm from um, Northeast Texas. So, like, what what's up there? Like Tyler, Tyler, Texas. Uh, around the Rockwall area. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, it's. I'm from Plano, so close-ish with you okay yeah well all right i mean is football out of the system here well we can talk about any questions for us yeah i was about to say you don't want to ask us any questions about whatever yeah um obviously uh the big story has been uh like like uh, what we've mainly talked about is how our offense will adapt with uh anaya smith being out but um what uh, what are you guys thinking about your offense? Because uh, obviously you haven't gotten the run game involved as much, and we have one of the best secondaries in the SEC. So, uh, what do y'all see there? Yeah. yeah. So the, the thing about the air raid, um, people like to look at the the secondary matchup and they say, "Well, you know, uh, our safeties and our corners are good." Well, with the air raid your linebackers have to be just as good, if not better, at coverage than your DBs for this particular game because we do a ton of stuff across the middle. Um, Our running backs catch the ball out of the backfield a whole lot. Uh, We run a lot of screens and quicks, and um, Will is just blessed with the intermediate ball. Uh, I mean, we're going to run the ball some. He's going to keep you on your toes. I mean, obviously – if you're looking at the stats, like, yeah, we're at the bottom of the SEC in rushing yards, but a part of that is because we take more sack yards than any other offense in the country, because we throw the ball more than any other offense in the country, and every time Will takes a sack, that goes against that's negative in the rushing mm-hmm. column, um, and that's something that a lot of people don't think about. Uh, two, um, we don't run the ball, but when we do, it's yeah. pretty effective. I would, I want to say, we're floating around like 4.8 yards per carrier right now average just uh, as a team well if you take out if you take out sack yards yeah and uh marks is out for us uh we haven't heard i, don't, I doubt he's back this week but uh johnson will 
step up. He he played last week. He's been uh, and Dylan's, he, him, Dylan's a better runner than than yeah. He is. Him and Marks were pretty much interchangeable. Even when they were both healthy, they were both in there all the time. And yeah. I mean, right now on the season, uh, Johnson's got 36 attempts for 234 yards. He's averaging 6.5 yards a carry. Of course, you know we haven't played an SEC defense other than LSU yet. But, um, you know, he's a decent runner and, you know, he's not a guy that's going to hurt you every more play, running back than but Marks is. he's definitely got, he's definitely got to keep you honest and not just sell out for, uh, you know, a pass every single time. And, and like, like, uh, my co-host was saying is we don't throw the ball like up and over a whole lot. We will, if we catch all on your, your heels, but we don't, you know, throw it up and over you very often. It's a lot of stuff in front of you. If you're playing soft coverage, we're going to take those four, five, six yards time and time again, you know? So, yeah, it, it's, it's air raid, but it's time TOP. It's time of possession air raid. And it's not, it's a lot more so than it used to be, especially um, Leach's days at tech. I mean, we'll, we don't run a lot of up tempo uh, really at all. He picks you apart five, 10 yards at a time um we r- rotate i think we had 12 receivers catch a pass last week uh, like 14. we rotate the no, 14 excuse me we had 14 receivers catch a pass last week usually it's around the 10 to 12 mark um and we're gonna do that until and i'm sure a and i know they've got talent but we're gonna do that until your your you know your second team dbs and linebackers are in the game and then will's gonna start taking shots and uh, we're outscoring opponents 52-7 to in the first quarter this year. He's just going to pick you apart, and it gets old, and I'm sure it's really annoying to watch on TV from an opposing fan base. But that's just how it works. It's like – it's almost like the, the power eye version of the air raid is, <laughs> yeah, is what we much. do right now. And It's um, actually a good comparison. Will is super accurate, but he just doesn't have the, the Josh Allen cannon in him. Um, so he does, he sticks to what he's good at and that's just taking what, what the defense gives him. So, uh, he's going to, I can't really answer that hundred percent because it's more going to depend on the way that A&M schemes, you know, if they're bringing pressure, which is what I would do, cause that's what LSU did and it worked. Um, he is going to struggle at times if we don't adjust the playbook or, or the, or Mike Leach's little note card into throwing screens <laughs> and throwing quick slants and stuff. So. That's it from an A&M perspective uh, from an opponent. That's what I would do. But if y'all sit back and just let him do his thing, it's probably going to be a long day. Okay, cool. Yeah, because uh, I think we're going to be rolling with the three two six again this week like we did yeah. for a lot against Arkansas. Yeah. And you didn't see it much in the first half, but there towards the second half we were mixing in some weird, wonky little uh, blitzes where – You'd have five guys up on the line of scrimmage, and then one of them would back off, and you'd never know who. Right. Um, probably see some safety blitzes is what I'm expecting. Um, so yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think we're we're gonna take try to follow the LSU model a little bit with some tweaks, but uh, yeah, that's that's really good insight. Yeah, that's that definitely um, his weakness is is elite. Uh, really, especially pressure. Up the middle, he does pretty good when pressure is coming off the edge. Um, it's stepping up and delivering, but when I don't know how big of like if y'all have any like nose guards or anything that are elite, but if y'all bring some pressure up the middle in the in the um, <clears throat> in the a gaps, 
uh, especially it will it will rattle him because he doesn't like to like roll out uh, one way or another. He will. He actually delivered one of his best passes of his career last week, rolling to his left. Um, but he doesn't do it near as often as he does stepping up in the pocket and delivering. So uh, if yeah. they follow the LSU model, it'll it'll probably be a really good game. I think I think our our big big nose tackle McKinley Jackson. I think he's still hurt. Um, but we definitely have some big hog mollies that can clog up hog the gap. Hog mollies. I haven't heard All that right. one. <laughs> Papa hog molly, I am sweating. <laughs> I think I heard it in an NCAA video. That's yeah. awesome. All right. Okay. I think I got football out of my system. All right. Sounds good. I got one I saw, question. I saw oh, Hannah. Hannah oh. This, is a, this is a football-related question. Oh, I know. I know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, you're talking about how, you know, your cowbells are super annoying for opposing fans, and I'm sure they are, and I just cannot <laughs> wait to experience that this weekend. Um, but I was just wondering, do you think that your predictions for the outcome of this game would be any different if it was played in College Station um, yes. as yeah, opposed to Starkville? Because yeah. I think, like, y'all's cowbells are crazy annoying, but our yelling is also freaking annoying, even as an A&M fan watching games on TV, I can hear the 12th man yelling, and I'm like, dang, that's loud. Yeah, um, for sure. Just wondering uh, how much of a factor you think that is. Yeah, A&M is a, is a top five, um, I think, intimidating environment in college football. Uh, I, I even particularly remember um, the COVID year uh, when y'all snuck in, like, I think 40,000, and it was supposed to be, like, 15 or 20% at the time. And I think y'all were playing Florida, and y'all beat Florida. I remember how loud just 40,000 people was on TV, and – you know, maybe they were picking up all the sound, but and Dan Mullen complained about it, and I think that's why oh, I remember dude, it. I, yeah, I, I was I was at that game. Yeah, and so what you what you saw was the it wasn't packed obviously because of COVID, but the more packed than usual student section. What you didn't mm-hmm. see was the dang near empty alumni side. Yeah. So uh, we we might still have been at quarter capacity, but. Every single person that was in that stadium was right above the Florida bench. Yeah, it was it was loud. Um, but you know, TV can play some tricks. But but to answer your question, and I mean, okay, I mean, we went to College Station and we're all sophomores last year, and and Will won the game. And I don't I don't really think that A and M's any better or worse than last year from what I've seen so far. I think they're more talented, but until I see y'all are a quarterback away from being a really good team. But that's a really important. Uh, position obviously so if it was in college station i probably couldn't pick who would win um but it being in starkville i i feel comfortable about it especially considering a&m has not been on the road at all this year i just think that i think that's a recipe for disaster for them i guess we will see time will tell i'm so excited to be there yeah are are you gonna bring some earplugs yeah, I mean, uh, when I first I started going there, it. yeah, I, you know, if your ears are are sensitive, I, I almost would because it is it is loud when those bells are going off. You know, we're not supposed to ring them, you know, on like third downs and when we're on defense and stuff, we're supposed to yell. But as soon as they hike the ball, then they start ringing again and they don't stop, and it is incredibly loud. So, yeah. you know, if. Uh, um. But yeah, I mean, you shoot guns and stuff. Like you, you'll be fine. You're gonna be annoyed, but like you'll be fine. Yeah. I'll be the sole Aggie yelling in our section, waving my white towel by myself. 
Well, a good thing yeah. is you can basically wear the exact same colors and nobody's probably going to look at you. So, anyway. All right. Well, Matt, do you want to lead off the non-football exclusive section? Or shall <laughs> the exclusive non-football section of the podcast. Well, I just have, like, one question. With the whole midnight yell thing, like, I understand, you know, it's been a tradition for so many years, whatever. I just don't understand why the yell leaders get down there in their overalls, do all the weird gestures with the whoops and shit, and make all the really, 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 really bad jokes. I mean, does that is that supposed to be like a hyping y'all up for the game thing? No, because no, that is... What is the, that? The, what is the point of it? The bad jokes are tradition. And I know that sounds That's like... what I said. That is exactly <laughs> what I said. I know that, that sounds insane. That is how it's been. That's but, how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Ever since... So they used right to now. do... They <laughs> used to do the yells... The, the yell practices on the steps of the YMCA building that's on campus. And so what happened... And this is... And so what they would do is they'd go up there and they'd tell these really awful jokes about Ulrocks, the good ag, and how he would somehow violate or murder or something or other the the opposing team's mascot or something, and then everybody would whoop and whatever. Um, but another thing that you probably noticed is they kind of walk funny, the yeah. yell leaders do on the yeah, side. Yeah, everything funny. <laughs> so what, what that Except comes from... What that comes from is uh, when they would uh, do the yell practice on the YMCA at the YMCA building, like a hundred years ago or whatever. One of the yell leaders' feet was too big for the steps, so he had to like, like I don't know, high step or something on the on the steps. So yeah, that's where that comes from. So y'all, I mean, so that's all you know, good old tradition and everything. But it's uh -huh. it's just kind of funny to me that. Those videos get leaked, you know, or I, I guess maybe y'all put them out, but then a lot of them get deleted because maybe some A&M people don't want people seeing them, I guess. I don't know. But it's, it's I don't know, it's just kind of funny because, like, I didn't know that that was a thing, really, until this last year after we came to College Station and we beat y'all. And then all these videos of the yell practice or yell midnight yell the night before had come out and then calling us Hicks and saying, we don't know how to read and all these really, really awful jokes. And then we beat y'all. And I was like, what, what is the point of all this? And then it became a meme and now it's all over the internet, you know? And I probably was before then. I just really didn't notice it. Yeah. But I mean, um, with us, it's, it's, it's a, with us, it's a meme too. You know, we, the, I, I, I hated that we tried to scrub all those videos off the internet. Cause like, yeah, I mean, it works. What, what are you going to do? It's that's what we do. Um, other people don't understand it and that's fine. You know, yeah. that's just what yeah. we do. You know, if it's cringe and, and would... it's tradition, you got to own it. Like you can't be like, Oh, you take this down. Like, yeah, well, that's exactly right. I think, you know, A&M is all about traditions and they always joke. Like if you do something twice at A&M, it automatically becomes tradition just because we have so many things that have been upheld for so long. And at, you know, at this point, we would get so much more flack for changing what we do and stopping what we do and not having, you know, the yell leaders act the way they do at Midnight Yell than if we kept on with our traditions, you know, because that's who, who we claim to be, is that, you know, we're full of traditions and we do this stuff all the time and it doesn't change. 
and I think I think we got to stick to it, whether it's uh, fully supported by fans or not. Yeah, and Wyatt, you're you're a junior, you said, right? So you can't even a yes. whoop yet, right? You can just what do you no, do? No, just I have whoop? to a a a whoop. Oh, okay. Well, so, I can so tell you all a story about a wildcat. If well, yeah. So you shot three oh, times and missed, right? I shot three times, hit him on the third try, and oh, like the okay. foot. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, I've heard yeah, the story see, before. You literally story. do whatever you want, bro. It is a free country. Oh, well, it's a free-ish country. You can, <laughs> you, can, you can yell however you'd like. Do you have yeah. your ring yet? No, I don't. I'm at 86 hours right now. Oh, you're so close. Yeah, I'll get is it that... in April. What do you get it at, 90? 90, yeah. Okay. Okay, so... Uh, Cliff, you got um, any questions for him? Yeah, this is a great follow-up question. Um, <clears throat> me and the rest of the nation, pretty much, uh, were wondering just, like, why is A&M just perceived so much as a cult? Well, Because uh, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean... At least you're honest. Right, yeah, I mean... And are. I mean, we do the... The... What comes with the territory of being so heavily invested in in the culture and tradition of the school is that getting yourself caught up in history and these you know repeated uh practices like midnight yell and rings and stuff like that is uh, you get looked at like you're weird and you know right rightfully so we're weird I think it's a good no. cult to be in, you know. I I think that no bias. That you well, no, but like if you're in it, the benefits of it. And one thing I will say about College Station is that, like, you can feel the like acceptance and friendliness. I think on the campus, like everywhere you walk, people are saying howdy to you. Well, unless um, you walk out of the stadium people, early, and then they cast you out. Yeah, they want you to be a not be a two percenter, but we don't we don't have we don't have much love for tubers down here. You you that's you want to, them to be a part of the cult and be you know in the culture, but you know that's one of the things that consistently other fan bases will say when they come to College Station is that it's one of the nicest places you will visit and it's one of the friendliest fan bases that you will visit and people are kind and they look out for you and. Um, you know, we're not rude to other teams and we don't do all this like beer throwing or whatever craziness goes down in Baton Rouge. I don't know. But I think being in the cult has its benefits um, when you're there and when when you're out of AM. Well, to the point of the two percenters, I will say this. So in three years from now, when Jimbo's gone and you all hired Lane, right, he's been begging on the on the media and on Twitter and all this begging for fans to show up to these games and stay after halftime. And, uh, yeah, I think terrible. he'll, he'll be really happy at A&M because y'all are, y'all are, I will say, even if y'all are losing, y'all are pretty good about staying in that stadium. So, you know, you would love it. For sure. <laughs> yeah. to the fan. Y'all do, y'all do have an excellent fan base. Um, and, and to go off what Hannah said, I'm like not trying to compare here, but it sounds like very similar. Cause like oftentimes people say, uh, people at state, like state's fan bases, like it's it, well our motto has like always been like family it just feels like one big family and it kind of sounds like you're saying the same thing um even though y'all's family is just like a lot bigger than ours but uh the same vibe um is what i'm getting and uh as much crap as i give you like i do 
look forward to like going there because it does seem like a an, an interesting place and um i don't have any bad blood with any a&m fans it's more of just like the weird antics and the cringy s- stuff that i have to endure on twitter but yeah. um you know it, like you said it, it's a good cult to be in and as weird as that sounds like like me and matt can kind of relate in a way and i feel like anybody that's probably in a fraternity can relate can relate because yeah. it's like it is a cult but at the same time it's like the best time of your life and for you know if you go alumni or whatever and you meet people the rest of your life and you, you know, always like, have that in common you know yeah so, like, oh like yeah. you know you threw me the grip or like oh you know you're a pike or you're sae or you're sigma chi so and so well me too and you can end up getting getting jobs that way or, or is simply just making friends that way or getting connections or even freaking discounts um so i get what you're saying uh and it sounds it sounds very similar so i hope you enjoy your time in starkville and uh you know other than the three or four hours inside the stadium um <laughs> well and we yeah we'll see and everybody we will be nice to you inside the stadium probably except for me and me and cliff but other than that everybody will be nice um but um yeah yeah, n- nobody's gonna even be looking at you, like especially since you're not like unless you're an Ole Miss fan, you're gonna be treated like extremely well. Now, yeah. if somebody wearing those colors comes in our stadium, it's like you turn the switch off of Mississippi State fan. They're on my click. I fucking hate you. Like, I'll kill you. I mean, <laughs> you guys don't bark like Georgia. Fans. No, 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 no. If I saw somebody do that, I would like disband them from like our own fan base. I'd and, and, them with the and, and that kind of goes back to a couple years ago out in the student section when we opened our very first, uh, the first year we played at the new Duty Noble when we had reopened it. Um, like mm-hmm. a couple of the new like freshmen, sophomores were out there that had not been to like a real baseball game at Mississippi State. And we hit a home run, and they threw their beers in the air, and everybody was standing around like chastising them because that's an old Miss thing. We don't do that in Mississippi yeah. State. Like we, you know, we're not wasting good beer. That's just disrespectful. And that was one of the big things. Like everybody was like, "If I see you doing that shit again, you're you're out of here. We're not we're not doing that shit, you know, around here." So, yeah. but uh, um, just uh, all right. So like wrapping this thing up unless uh either one of y'all have any other questions uh we're going to do some score predictions i have one and it's really off the wall and i brought it up like a week or two ago and i hope hannah listened to it i need somebody to address the jizz jar i did listen to this podcast that was a rumor made up on a message board probably by an ou alum i even saw it on a and m message board from like seven years ago yeah, that was that was the message board, and that guy is an OU alum. Okay, so it's made yeah. up. That's that's I the hope. that's the story yeah. we're standing behind. I'm gonna yeah, take, I, I'm gonna take your I, word for frankly, it, Wyatt, because you seem like I've a never heard guy. of it. I've never heard of it until this year. All right. Same. Uh, but yeah. And I, you know, the yell leaders are so, so watched and so like scrutinized and have to be. They're just in the spotlight at A&M like there's no way that and they're always in the court themselves too so they have so many rules Matt and I didn't think it was something like recent we thought it was something from like I don't know the 40s or something and then like obviously they stopped and then somebody like brought it up again saying like oh yeah my grandpappy told me about this when he was an Aggie in the 40s (laughs) I I didn't I didn't know the validity very uh, much. I yeah. saw it on the board, and then I saw it on other schools' boards, and all of them were at least two years old. And I was like, "Why is nobody talking about this till now?" Yeah. Um. So 
probably the probably sliced bread or something. I I yeah. guess I don't know. Inter- interesting, interesting. Um, right. okay. Before we get into the picks, I got one thing. I want I want y'all's top three, uh, most hated fan bases from an Aggie perspective. Oh, dang. Texas. Being one or three. Yes. Uh, yeah. Let's let's in order. Uh, okay, let's go one through three. Let's go Texas, LSU, Arkansas. And Arkansas really made a hard move for number two last week. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I was, I was going to start with Texas and LSU for sure. Um, the third one I think is a little up in the air for me. I think, you know, we've got this rivalry now, I guess, that we're doing with Arkansas. I think me just personally, I hate Ole Miss. Um, maybe they would be fourth. Maybe Arkansas would be third, and Ole Miss would be fourth. But it's it's close, just because I I don't have respect for Ole Miss. I, well done, Matt. You're teaching her well. Yeah, she she knows the deal here. Uh, but I I do gotta ask, what's the thing with LSU? Because like I have a whole bunch of L- I'm from South Mississippi. I have a whole bunch of LSU fans that I grew up with throughout high school, and you know went to school together, and have still been very close to this day. None of them really cared about LSU or about A&M, excuse me, until the year that it went into, what, seven overtimes and uh, and A&M won that game and LSU felt like they got cheated. And now all of them scathe and hate y'all. Is that where y'all's hatred started for LSU or was it before that? Well, mine personally started uh, whenever I started watching football because LSU always played trashy. Uh, those Les Miles teams were just composed of terrible people. They had some dogs, though. <laughs> they yeah, had yeah. some dogs. But I just, oh, and, and it probably stems more from a hatred of those old those LSU teams of yore than it does from actual fans I've interacted with. Most LSU fans are fine. Okay. That I've interacted with, at least. But so it's more of a know. hatred for the school instead of the fans. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That's fair. I would say for me, it probably started just because they, you know, scheduled that as our Thanksgiving week game. So they're, you know, trying to align that up as a a rivalry between us and them as well. So that that made it uh, a little more so just because of the timing of that game every year. Um, But I was at the seven overtime game. So I think, you know, for me, that even just escalated it even more. Um stayed until the very very end watched all of it and i think since that time it's been like oh my gosh we've got to come out and just completely kill them and that has not always been the case but since that game that's kind of how i felt fun fact uh when ed orgeron is at kyle field texas a&m is 2-0 and obviously the seven overtime game and then he came to the miami game because his son's an assistant on the oh yeah miami yeah. staff so Hmm. Yeah, hmm. that's a fun fact. Go Tigers! All right, uh, rounding yeah. this bad boy off here, uh, we'll start with Hannah. Ladies first. What is your score prediction for this weekend? I don't know. I want to be hopeful, and I think I am. Um, I'm. I'm saying Anm's going to take it, but it's going to be close. I think it's. 
I think it's, I see it somewhere falling in a similar range of what we saw with the Arkansas game. I don't think it's going to be super high scoring, but uh, maybe 28-24 is my prediction, A&M. Okay. Wyatt, what you got? Uh, I got uh, Ags 31-21. I think it's going to be this, uh, and I this is before I knew what the score of the Egg Bowl was last year. Um, but um, I, I think uh, Durkin's defense is going to do, uh, have similar success to what he did uh, last year when he was running the Ole Miss defense. And I think the run game is going to find early success and the offense is going to find success from there. Okay. Not to poop on your Durkin theory, but I will point out it was raining that game. That yeah, that, that, that does matter, yeah. Matt? I am going to say State takes it. Um, I think we cover the five-point spread or the four-point spread or whatever it was. I think we're going to win um, 28 to 17. I just – I think y'all are going to score some, but I think our defenses, uh, like I was just looking at them, uh, ranked, yards given up, all that stuff. Uh, Mississippi State and Texas A&M are middle of the pack of the SEC. Mississippi State is right above y'all. I think we've given up a couple less yards than y'all or something like that couple less points we're very close on defense offense is a very different story um i think i think we're gonna we're going to beat y'all's defense more than y'all's y'all beat our defense from the offensive production i've seen out of y'all for the uh from you know the beginning of this year so i think we i think we're going to take it uh 28 to uh 17 i'm pretty close with you there matt i will say for a&m to to play in this game and take it, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to score um, without scoring on offense. They're gonna have to return a kick, uh, like they did against App State, which they lost. Or uh, I had to throw that in there. Or they're <laughs> gonna have to you know get this random fumble at the one yard line, run it for twenty yards, and then hand it off to their homie and run it for the other eighty. Maybe that happens. I don't know. But your lips to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Retweet. Uh, Knocking on some wood here, buddy. Uh, I was I was close to you, Matt. I got dogs, twenty-seven to seventeen. Um, but I could definitely, if we play sloppy and just let them get the A&M's just feel just feels lucky this year. And uh, if if we give them opportunities to be lucky, um, it's gonna be a weird game. I, I wouldn't blow my mind if this game went into overtime. I just feel like something weird's gonna happen. I may have a heart attack. I'm not sure, but if we play clean football, that's my score: twenty-seven seventeen dogs. I think A&M might just win it just because Matt and I are dating and I'm going to Starkville this year for that reason alone. Why would or that be a reason? Drug yeah. Because you come That's the reason Starkville. why A&M made it into Omaha and Mississippi State didn't. Mississippi State's mm. been three out of the last four years and won a national championship, so I don't think you want to talk baseball right now. I'm not. I'm just saying you start dating me, A&M starts doing better. I'm, I'm taking it as a sign and I'm rolling with it. Can we wow. talk about how uh, the Ole Miss championship was such a Mickey Mouse championship real quick? <laughs> you can talk about that however, uh, whatever you want to. 
But uh, God, it pissed me off so much that they got in last year. But anyway, I mean, uh, I'm not gonna hate because like they made an epic run. But absolutely, honestly, the teams in Omaha, like I, I really thought A and M was the best team in Omaha, and they just like I think they got A and M got hot too early and just like fell off. I think so too. Yeah, um, and Oklahoma was just like they looked like a bunch of little league. They, I think, I think they had. Um, they, yeah, they got hot at the right time, and we didn't. Yeah, but we got to send Texas home, so that was fun. Yeah, yeah, oh, always fun. Always you know, we did that year before. It's beautiful, beautiful time. Horns um, down. Yeah, horns down. I think that's something we can all agree on in this chat. Absolutely. Um, win or lose, I'm going to throw that this weekend in the stadium at least five times. Well, thank you all for <laughs> uh, for hopping on. Thank you for your time. Um, Hail State, go Maroon and Whites. Uh, Giga Mags. And yeah, whatever you say, male cheerleaders. And uh, we'll see y'all this weekend. <laughs> see y'all later. All right.